First, I wanted to thank uh, God for what he's doing in our life in this ministry. And also, I wanted to thank the elders for their great support and teaching and everything that they are teaching us about Christ and preparing us for eternity. May God richly bless them as well. You know, when I see my life as prosper, where I came from, that is in my tribe, most of them depend on, or they base their life on traditional worship. And if I'm talking about traditional worship, that is worship of idols, stones, trees, rivers. That is what most do. But it came to a point that I've made a decision that no, Jesus is better. I have to go his way. And that was the reason why you and I today can fellowship together. And I wanted to praise God for redeeming me from that bondage and bringing me into, into light. And through my Christian race, I came across a very beautiful woman who is also from a different tribe, cultured under different tribe, trained with different perspective. But I thank God that Christ has brought both of us together, regardless of the tribes that we came from. And basically, we met at a church called International Church of the Four Square Gospel in Ghana. That was in the city of Accra. And we got married. And regarding New Hope, and somebody may ask that, how did you get connected with New Hope? One time we went to shoppers. And at the shoppers, we saw a group of people soliciting food stuffs in front of shoppers. So we, I briefly spoke with them, but not into deep, and, they, and just to know what they are doing. So they said they are seeking for some food stuff. So I went inside into shoppers, and, and on my return, I bought two cans of tuna. So I handed it to them. And they gave me a postcard, a little black postcard. And during that time, we were making a decision to change a church because of the distance. So I followed that postcard. And I came in to make my feasibility studies by myself. Victoria was not around me then. I came in the first day, the second time, and I brought in Victoria. And since then, we started fellowshipping and worshiping with new hope. And that is what God and Christ can do in our life. May his name be praised. Praise the Lord. And today, I'm bringing you a very simple message from the book of Matthew. 
And that was one of the sermons, one of the longest sermons that Christ Jesus preached. And it was part of the, that was the Sermon on the Mount. So shall we quickly turn our Bibles to the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter 6. I'm reading from verse 25 to 34. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more important than food, and the body more important than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in, in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the lilies of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today, and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you? Oh, you of little faith, so do not worry, saying, What shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all this, this saves, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble on its own. Shall we pray please? Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for your goodness, your mercies, your love and kindness, and for all that you are doing for us as your followers. Lord, at this time, I'm seeking from you, and I'm asking you for a divine direction. I'm asking that you should open our understanding to get to, to understand your words, and at the end, your name will surely be glorified. We thank you and we give you all the praise, even as we, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Beloved, at this moment, I just want to stress on just a single portion of this verse. That is, but seek ye first the kingdom of the kingdom and his righteousness, and all other things shall be added or shall be given to you as well. You know, when we look at our life per se, it revolves around certain things. If it, we are not fighting for clothes, we are fighting for food. Then all we are fighting for accommodation. And those are some of the things that our life revolves on. And if I'm talking about fighting, we wake up early in the morning, go to our jobs, work, get money, 
and buy and pay for all these things. You know, with what we have just read, this sermon that we have just read from the mount that Jesus preached, he knows that God knows that we, we need all these things. We need food. We need clothes. But Jesus stressed on it categorically that we should not what, worry about all these things. <laughs> In the physical realm, every one of us will worry. And if I'm talking about the physical realm, that is the realm where you and I exist. Because Bible declares that what is seen is temporal, but what is not seen is eternal. And Jesus is talking about the eternal part of us that will dwell with God till eternity. Because you and I, there is an expiring date. There is a time that you and I will exist no more. Praise the Lord. And if I'm talking about an expiring date, just let's just add, in about 100 years to come, none of us will be seated in this seat. And if I'm talking about just add 100 to your age, if you are one year, one year old, add 100 to it, 101. If you are 50, add 100 to it, 150 years. Praise the Lord. And that is what I'm talking about. That is what the word of God is trying to caution us with. And there is a way, just two ways, that man goes about handling all this. Some people wanted to do it on their own. They made the decision on their own to fight for these clothes, to fight for what the food, to fight for everything, leaving God out of the sin. Praise the Lord. What I'm trying to talk about is that those type of people they are just fighting for earthly things, which is what? Temporal. Praise the Lord. But at this point, what I was trying to make is that we are talking about eternal. We are talking about forever. We are talking about being with Christ Jesus that you and I are calling each of every hour, each of every minute. Being with him forever and ever. Praise the Lord. And that is a point I am trying to make at this hour. For what we see is always temporal. What we don't see is what? Eternal. And the other point of it that I wanted to make, that is, you are working, fighting for yourself to survive, but you have included Christ in it to guide you, to direct you in order to acquire whatever you uh, your heart desire, whatever you are what, fighting for. Praise the Lord. But seek first the kingdom and his righteousness and all other things shall be added. There is a key word there which is righteousness. And that righteousness, that is the moral, the moral part, the moral part of our life that is required by God in order to enter into what? Into heaven. Praise the Lord. And that is what is about it. What are we doing which will take us into heaven? Praise the Lord. What are we doing through Christ? Are we fighting this on our own? Is our heart dark 
against our neighbors? Are, are, we, are we thinking negatively about our neighbors? What are we doing that will make us go into, uh, into eternity? And that is a point the Lord is trying to make for us at this moment. Praise the Lord. And that word sick, which is in, the, uh, uh, in that chapter, or in that little sentence, it means to, uh, to pursue, to strive, to get. You are pursuing. You and I, we are pursuing Christ. We are seeking him. Are we seeking him in our own strength? No. We are seeking him with the strength of what? Of Christ. With the will of what? Christ, not our own will. Praise the Lord. And that is the point uh, which the word of God is trying to explain or trying to tell us. Amen. And what also I would like to stress on is working and seeking in both God's God's strength, which I've already explained. And there are some points where even if you are seeking, you have claimed that you are seeking Christ, but you are not getting any results from what you are seeking. You think, oh, I'm seeking Christ. What Christ said, I'm doing it. But nothing good is coming out of it. But there are four points that I wanted to mention to you. That God works all things for good together for all those who are what? Seeking him. If you are seeking Christ, he will surely work out everything for good for you. So all you've got to do is to continue to what? To seek him. All your, your mind is on is the eternal glory. The eternal, the everlasting glory. The other point I wanted to bring out is that God sees to it that necessities of life are always what? Given to you. Even though you are not getting what you think you need on the face of the earth. But God will see to it that necessities are always what? Given to you. God has much better things in store for you eternally. The believer has been faithful in his work. So God will reward him as a faithful servant, even if his labor fails in the eyes of what? Of God. Praise in the eyes of the world, not of God. Praise the Lord. And that is what I wanted to uh, to mention uh, to you this morning. And when we come to a point of a Solomon, you know, when God calls Solomon as a king, by then Solomon was very young. And Solomon went and made a sacrifice in Gibeon. And at the point of the sacrifice, in the night God appeared to Solomon. And God asked Solomon that what will I what give to you? What do you need from me? And Solomon told God that I am just a child who was placed in charge to lead all this congregation, all these people. So please give me a discerning heart in order to what? 
to lead your people. But what God said, God said that Solomon, you did not ask that kill my enemies for me. You did not ask me to do anything uh, uh, opposite or you did not ask for a wealth. So because of this, I will give you even things that you did not want ask for. Believers, what I wanted to make sure or what the, the point I want to stress on. All the Lord needs from us is to seek Him first. Once we are seeking Him first, He knows that we need clothes. He knows that we need to pay our money. He knows that we need to pay the rent. He knows that we need to pay uh, the, the, the school fees for our children. So he will see to it that all those things are done. Praise the Lord. He will give us the wisdom, the understanding about how to maneuver life on earth. But if we are doing it on our own, that is where he gets out of the business and said, I just take over. And if you are seeking him, there are challenges that will come on the path of seeking. Seeking Christ doesn't come on a silver platter. There are challenges that come with it. One of the challenges that Victoria and I faced was long distance relationship. Praise the Lord. But we always encourage ourselves with the word of God, which is long suffering which is one of the fruits of the Spirit. And Christians must learn to suffer long whilst you are pursuing what? Christ. Because he knows what we need. And we have to do that also what? In humility. Praise the Lord. Humility is so important in the Christian race. For Bible says that God opposes the proud but he give what? Grace to the humble. So if you are humble, God gives you grace. He gives you knowledge, wisdom, and understanding in order to maneuver life. Praise the Lord. And that is the point I wanted to make. I wanted to bring to you today. And finally, to conclude this, I don't know the decision that you are making. And I don't know the way you are pursuing him. But Bible says that eternity is buried in what? In our hearts. Praise the Lord. Eternity is in our hearts. And to conclude this, I wanted to tell you that the time is so short. And no one knows the day nor the hour. So if there is something you will do, this is the time. This is the hour. This is the minute. For no one knows. Shall we bow down our heads for prayer? Father, I want to thank you for this message that you have brought to us. I ask you to let your children understand this. To let your children ponder and think about this so that they can apply it to their life. We thank you even as we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.
going to continue our worship now, please. I want to thank our brother for sharing with us today. Prosper uh, did a great job talking about Matthew 6, especially verse 33 that says, Seek first the kingdom of God. He talked about the things that we need to do day by day in order to find God and to uh, eventually end up in eternity with him. And I want to talk uh, briefly about the things we need to be uh, in order to seek God first and uh, to be in the right attitude, the right mindset for that to happen. A few days ago I was reading in 2 Corinthians and came across chapter 4 verse 7 again where it says that we are jars of clay. We're just clay pots that hold this fantastic treasure. God has given us the treasure of the gospel of Jesus Christ, and we're nothing. We're just a clay pot. We could easily get broken. In fact, we do. Uh, we, we don't have any beauty of our own and so on. But inside of us is this amazing treasure of Jesus Christ and the offer of new life that he gives the world. And as I got thinking about that, I got thinking about how you got to be a jar of clay. You started out as a lump of clay, didn't you? You started out as nothing. And I got thinking more and more about how God has to shape and form us. And God wants us to have an attitude to be moldable, to be pliable, to be, be shapeable. That we need to be thinking in our minds, we need to be approaching life as if we are clay in God's hands. Because he's the potter and we are the clay. Jeremiah learned this lesson. And if you ever studied the Old Testament uh, prophet named Jeremiah, he was sent to Israel to give them a, a warning, to give them a, a, a message of condemnation, of wrath, that judgment was coming because they were stiff-necked, because they were proud, and they weren't listening to God. And God says, I'm going to send someone against you. He's going to destroy the nation. He's going to carry those that do not uh, get killed in, into a, a faraway place. And you'll be there for a long time. It's not a good message. His whole life was that message. Forty-some years, he's preaching that message. And he's trying to get it across in different ways. And in Jeremiah 18, which we're going to look at in a moment, God says, I want you to go down to the potter's house. I have a message for you there. And a message I want you to take to Israel, the nation that is so stiff-necked. And we're going to read that together. As Jeremiah goes down to the potter's house, he turns the corner, he goes down maybe to this little part of town where he's been before, and maybe his friends with the potter, and he goes inside and he says, I'm listening, I'm waiting for a message. What does God want to say to me as he goes into the potter's house? This is the word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord. Go down to the potter's house, there I will give you my message. So I went down to the potter's house and I saw him working at the wheel. But the pot he was shaping from the clay was marred in his hands. So the potter formed it into another pot, shaping it as seemed best to him. I imagine he had to push that lump back together, didn't he? didn't turn out the right way the first time. So he just mashed it back down, made it a big lump again, and started over. Then the word of the Lord came to me. O house of Israel, can I not do with you as this potter does? declares the Lord, like clay in the hand of the potter, so are you in my hand, O house of Israel. If at any time I announce that a nation or kingdom is to be uprooted, torn down, and destroyed, and if that nation I warned repents of its evil, then I will relent and not inflict on it the disaster I planned. 
And if at another time I announce that a nation or kingdom is to be built up and planted, and if it does evil in my sight and does not obey me, then I will reconsider the good I had intended to do for it. See, it's in God's hands. He's the potter. We're a lump of clay. And he wants us to get that. He wants us to be pliable and moldable and shapeable, to realize that it's all about him and it's not about us. Now, I wish I could have brought a potter's wheel up here this morning. I really had all this elaborate idea. I get a potter up here, and the whole time I'm speaking, they're forming these different things. and It would be really amazing. But we didn't have time for all of that today. So I brought the next best thing. I brought Play-Doh. <laughs> and I'm going to give out Play-Doh to a few people, okay? There you go, Seth. Have some Play-Doh. Bryce, have some Play-Doh. Anybody else want some Play-Doh? Joe? I'm, I'm counting on people that can catch. <laughs> Sorry, Dave. Judy. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Somebody help Judy out on that one. Somebody else want some Play-Doh? Sean? There you go. What I want you to do with this Play-Doh? Buddy, take some Play-Doh. Oh, look at that. You got intercepted halfway through. There you go, Lyle. One more to go. Pamela, there you go. Okay, now you can take your Play-Doh out, and I want you to do something with it. You can split it two ways, three ways, give it to somebody else around you. You'll still have a pretty good piece of it there. And what I want you to do while I continue speaking the next couple of minutes is form something. You decide what you want to make. doesn't matter what it is. And then at the end of the message, I'm going to give you an opportunity to show us what you made. So <laughs> make it good. <laughs> No, it doesn't have to be anything amazing. You just make something while we continue talking. The point of bringing out Play-Doh is that Play-Doh is very pliable, very moldable. We always keep a good stock of it in our house because we have granddaughters, now grandson, that will want to play with that. And they love to get out this basket full of different colors. The only rule in our house is you don't mix the colors. Do you have that rule? Because it's a mess when you do that. So we've got to keep the colors separate. We've got all these special little shaping tools. We always spread out a big piece of wax paper and tape it down, you know, and go at it. You know, do whatever you want with it. Create whatever you want. And if it's good enough that you want to keep it, okay, we'll let it go ahead and get hardened. Otherwise, put it back in there and keep it sealed up so that we can reuse it the next time. And I want us to think about Play-Doh because I want us to think that that's what we are. We are putting God's hands and we are to be shapeable, moldable, pliable. Now, if we were a non-moldable material, something hard, something that you cannot squeeze into a mold, it resists that kind of shaping. And and uh, I got thinking about different things that you know you would try and take and put into a mold, you know, and somehow pack it down and make it take the shape of that mold. And I thought of dry cereal. <laughs> you took out your Wheaties. And you, you put them into the mold. You said, okay, I'm going to turn this into a clay pot, into something that can be used. you just crush it, wouldn't you? It would just break apart because it's not pliable. It's not moldable. And, and it does, doesn't respond. It resists that. And is that the way that we are in God's hands sometimes? You know, no, I'm kind of, I'm kind of brittle. You know, I'm, I'm kind of hard. And, and uh, God talks about his people being stiff-necked and hard-hearted. And is that your approach to God, or is your approach to God, God, I'm here, I'm available, I'm soft, I'm pliable, I'm moldable, I'm shapeable according to your will. Which describes you as a follower of Jesus Christ this morning? Now, as I got thinking about what to use instead of maybe 
clay or play-doh, I thought of something else. I thought of silly putty. How many of you played with silly putty as a kid? Oh, I loved it as a child. This, hey, young people, this stuff's been around for a long time. I used to play with it as a child. So that's pretty impressive. I don't know when it was first invented. I heard it was a mistake. One of those things that was supposed to be something else, you know. But it turned into a great toy for kids. And I wonder, do they still sell this stuff? Well, they do. My wife found some of it at Walmart. And it's still pretty neat stuff. Very pliable. It doesn't have that pink color that it used to have. At least this is more white. I used to take this stuff and, and uh, enjoy making different things. I would, you know, just have fun with it. I would make my nose longer, you know, so I'd end up with this little nose sticking out. You ever do that? Am I the only weird one that does that? Maybe make another finger for your hand, you know, or lengthen one of them. Since, ooh, what happened, you know? Well, why did your finger grow so long, you know? And it's a lot of fun. My favorite thing to do, what was your favorite thing to do? Maybe? Uh-huh. Press it out flat. Just get it good and flat. Then you get out your funny papers. Yeah? Anybody else do this? Okay, everybody knows about this. Let's see, who do we have here? Oh, pickles. Here we go. And you say, I want to I see what this looks like if I press this against pickles. Not a real pickle. I'm talking about the comic. Okay. And you peel it off, and you got this picture, just like the picture you just saw in the, the paper, you know? You think, this is the coolest thing ever. I can instantly have a copy of whatever here is in the, the copy. As long as the right kind of paper, it'll take the ink right off of there. And I've got the picture just like that, words and everything. So you mash it up, and you do it again. You press again on another thing, and another thing, what happens pretty soon, it gets dirty. Because now it's got all the ink in it, doesn't it? It's got all the stuff that the, the newspaper guy put into it. And now it's not so white or no, no pink as it was. And it starts getting a little bit less pliable even. And eventually, as I found out, when I did that 100 or 200 times, I had to throw it away. Play-Doh's no good anymore. Mom, get me some more. <laughs> and I got thinking about that, that that sometimes is the way we are. We are... We are not only pliable, but we are pliable unintentionally. Pliable not to God, but pliable to the ways of the world and to the people of the world around us. We say, you tell me how to live. You know? Or I'm going to imitate you. I like, I like your lifestyle, you rich and famous guy, or, or you sports hero, or your celebrity. I like your lifestyle, so I'm going to take my life, and I'm just going to press it up against yours, and I'm going to take on your lifestyle the best I can. And we try to reflect that lifestyle because we're pliable to them, not to God. And what happens, it ends up making our life less than it should be. And it ends up ruining us. And we get all dirty. And uh, if we do that enough, eventually, you know, sin is just in our lives and, and we cannot reflect God the way that we're supposed to reflect God. Silly putty then uh, is influenced by whatever's around it. And sometimes we are influenced by our peers, influenced by society, influenced by what we, we hear, or what we read, or we watch on television or in a movie. God's Word says in Romans 12, Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Isn't that what it says? Don't be conformed to the world around you, 
but be transformed as God takes your life and God, as you make yourself pliable and moldable and shapeable to Him, He uses your life. He shapes it as He wishes, not as you wish. So don't be conformed to the pattern of the world, but be transformed by God. Be changed by God. And there's some really good news here. Because if you're a lump of clay and you've messed up, as many of us have, all of us, God says, that's all right. You know, I can just pound it all back together. We can start over. And in Jesus Christ, he gives us the opportunity to do that. Creators of Play-Doh, what'd you come up with? Seth, what is it? Well, uh, since I had brown Play-Doh, Okay. That's what did you come up with? A tooth, okay. Yeah, the dental assistant, you would expect maybe him to do something like that. Who else has one over here? Yes? Oh, how beautiful. Manny, great job. All right. All right. Yeah, okay. That's pretty impressive. Yes, yeah, Sean, what'd you make? A dog. All right, good. I made a rose. I made a rose. I never heard of that idea before. I like that one. Anybody else on this side? Got everybody? Okay, what'd you all make? I made a flower. Very pure? Yeah. Lips with a smile. Lips with a smile. There you go. I like that. Dave? Uh, made a cross. Okay. Can barely see it. There. Yes, Lyle? <laughs> all right. Very good. A robot. Who else? Buddy? You made a pot. Dave, what'd you make? Either a polar bear or a sheep. <laughs> Very close. Polar bear sheep. Okay, Judy. <laughs> hot dog with a bun. All right. That's that looks like that hot dog got burnt. Okay, Joe. <laughs> okay, Bryce. Smiley face. All right. Oh, coffee cup and a saucer too. I see that. Anybody else that I missed? Yes, Jill? A bowl. Okay. Very good. So you're ready to be filled, right? Ready for God to use you. I want you to think of something this morning. Each of you had the opportunity to play creator for just a few minutes. And the reason you could create something is because the thing I put in your hand was pliable and moldable and shapeable. And you created something. Something unique, something beautiful, something wonderful. And you were the creator. You got to choose that. God is our creator. And God wants us to be that lump of clay in his hand. Our job is to seek first the kingdom of God, but to be pliable, to be moldable. Because ultimately it's about God and whatever God wants. And if you've messed up, if you have failed, if you have crashed and burned, it's okay. Because God can recreate you. He can reshape your life and he can make you whatever he wants to make you through Christ and through the grace of Jesus Christ. Jesus came and he paid the penalties for your sin and mine so that we could start over. And God could say, okay, I'll take the brokenness, I'll take the mess you've made of everything, and we'll just start over. And he creates something beautiful once again, a jar of clay in which he can place his good news, the good news of Jesus Christ. Let's pray together.
Lord, I pray for your blessing upon us that we would live lives simple devotion, seeking you first in our lives and trusting you for all those physical things that we need temporarily while we wait for that glorious eternity we have in Christ. Help us, Lord, to be pliable and moldable and shapeable so that in your hands we can become whatever you want us to become. It is not our agenda. Uh, We don't pray according to what we want. We pray according to whatever your will is. And we pray, Lord, that as we seek out uh, you first in our lives, that you would do whatever you want and that you would make the difference. Change us, mold us, transform us as our minds and hearts are renewed by your Holy Spirit. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.